So we are uh, going to go into our first chapter of this uh, of the uh, most valuable catch. And uh, did y'all like this? Are y'all enjoying this? This 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 particular. I I I think the way he kind of brings his experience with fishing in Alaska and the Bering Sea. I thought the the story about the the two boats that went out and and never came back was was pretty was 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 pretty amazing. Uh, you know. I don't know if y'all have ever experienced that, but when people are lost at sea, it, it's 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 different. It's just different, you know. I mean, you don't know where they are. You don't have any. I, I mean, you know, if I don't know if you guys recall, but a few years ago there were two boys down in, in Jupiter that went out in their boat, little little eighteen, sixteen, whatever it was, footer, and uh, to go fishing you know, just outside the inlet and disappeared and we've never heard anything. And, and, well, uh, the boat. I'm sorry. They found the boat. Yeah. Well, that's true, but we don't know anything about, uh, well, for the longest time, they didn't even have the boat, you know, and, and, but, but at any rate, the point is, is that, um, when, when you're lost at sea, especially when you don't find the boat, you know, I mean, that, that it's, it's, it's brutal, especially on the people that are closest to these people. And, you know, and, 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 and especially when there's kids involved, one of the things that he said was most of the people that died in that thing were, were kids. So it's, it's a dangerous kind of, of thing. And the analogy back to life is, is that every life is dangerous. Every life has potential you know, catastrophes that, that may or may not happen. Uh, Orlando's son goes to meet somebody. Next thing you know, we're having a funeral. That's just crazy. Uh, you know, I mean, things happen like this. And, uh, and so on. And, and it's, uh, and, and any time a life is cut short, there is, a, there is a loss in a vacuum that's different than like when your parents die in their 80s. Yeah. I mean, look, everybody knows that, you know, when your parents die in their 80s, I mean, it's still, there's a, there's a loss. I mean, cl- clearly there's a loss. But, you know, I remember my dad when, when he, was, uh, he was in hospital and, and he basically said to us, uh, hey guys, I know I'm not leaving this hospital. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting. It was just, I know I'm not leaving this hospital. You know, I'm not going to kid myself, I, you know, but I'm okay. I'm ready. I'm good. And that was, a re- that, I'm so glad he said that to us. Uh, my sister actually was videoing it on her phone at the time when he said it. So we actually have it on, you know, like on, on record, which is kind of cool. Uh, anyhow, point is, loss is a is a is a big deal and when you experience loss i think that's when you need to hear from god probably more than any other single time that's when you need to hear from god and i believe that god is always speaking to us i I believe that with all my heart uh i love hanging out with orlando I'll i'll tell you we we spent uh what was it last? Friday. I don't know, last Friday, right? We spent last Friday together. It was just great. We just and and what I love about hanging out with Orlando is Orlando is is forever reminding me the Holy Spirit is speaking to him. Mm-hmm. Isn't that true? That's true. Holy Spirit, hey, thank you, Holy Spirit. How many times have you said that in, in an <laughs> average day? Right? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, you know, because He's speaking to you, yeah. and that's what the Spirit of God does. But here's the deal: for you to hear. The Spirit of God, you have to be what? Listening. Listening. You see, that's the problem. The problem is not that the Holy Spirit is not speaking. The problem is we ain't listening. And that is, I think, the essence of what he's talking about here in this very first chapter. God says, drop it here. We say, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think I want to go there. I'd really rather not. You know, you know, well, here's what's even more incredible. I don't even believe we go that far. I believe that God says drop it here, and we don't even pay attention. Have you ever had that experience? It's like, how many times you had this happen to you? You're around, it just happened five minutes ago. It just happened five, it really just happened five minutes ago. My main man over here, Mr. Green, is saying to me, 
something about Joan of Arc and so forth. He's, but I was, I was preoccupied, just being honest, all right? I was preoccupied with getting set up. And I didn't hear one word that he said. I'm sorry, but it's true. I did not hear a word he said. I knew, I knew that. Yeah, and I, and, and I apologize. I mean, I really, but, but it's a really good, it's, I'm glad it happened now. In retrospect, I'm glad it happened. I did not hear a word he said. It wasn't because I, I, I didn't want to hear, it was just I was preoccupied with doing something else that at that moment seemed or appeared to be more important than listening to, to Paul. Everybody see where I'm coming from? And that's not a criticism of Paul. It's not. It's just, it's a criticism of me. And the fact of the matter is, is that we are the ones with the problem, not God. God's the one talking to us and we just don't want to hear him. So I think we need to have this attitude in, of, I want to hear you, Lord. I want to hear you, Lord. I want to hear you, Lord. I want to hear what you have to say, Lord. I want, I want to hear you. That's a different attitude than what we normally have, which is, why ain't God talking to me? Which is what I think a lot of us, when we're struggling, that's kind of like the, the fallback position is, well, why ain't God talking to me? So what I wrote in my book, uh, right, wrote in my notes, sort of my take on the beginning of the book, the most crucial way a believer gains a maturing relationship with God is when he hears from God, follows his bidding, and does it courageously. I'm going, to, I'm going to repeat that. Listen to it. The most crucial way a believer gains a maturing relationship with God is when he hears from God, follows and follows his bidding courageously. First and foremost, to have a mature relationship with God requires active listening, steadfast following, and willful obedience. Listen to that again. To have a maturing relationship with God, first and foremost, requires active listening. See the differentiation? Listening and then active listening. Active listening is you're waiting for the, you know, you're, you're, you're paying attention. You're, 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 you're looking for it. Steadfast following. That means you don't just follow some of the time. You're trying to follow all the time. Doesn't mean you are all the time. But at the end of the day, that's what your attempt is. Your attempt is that you want to steadfastly follow. You want to, you want to do everything you possibly can to try to keep that going, right? And then finally, willing or willful obedience, which is an interesting thing because when we think of willful, oftentimes we think of that negatively. You know, like, you know, willful in the sense of, you know, you know strong will, right? Or you know, we hear that about our... I can't even tell you how many times that's been said about uh, about people that I know. Oh, you know, that child. That child is, you know, willful, you know. Well, that's actually a good thing if you think about it. Because if you are willful about obedience, that's a lot different than willful about just doing your own thing, right? And so, th so my point is, when, when we look at all of this, there's no greater catch than to know Jesus in your life. I think we all can agree on that. But at the end of the day, there is a responsibility on our part to pay attention. And hearing just isn't an audible. I mean, it's in different forms. So oh, a bunch of different. Yeah. Like for him, it was his roommate saying, I think you should be a preacher. I know. And isn't that incredible? Yeah. I, and I thought what was fascinating about that story was he, he made a point of saying that he was not a believer. Yeah, yeah. I actually reread it a couple of times because I was thinking, did I read that right? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, because I remember reading it when I, you know, I was first reading through it. And then when I came back and reread it last night, I actually reread it last night. It, it, that, that was one of the things that, that just kind of popped. It didn't pop off the page of me the first time quite as much. Hmm. You know, here's God speaking through someone who doesn't even at that point, I don't know where he is now, but at that point didn't even have a relationship with him. But remember this, he also asked God. Yeah. And I think that's most important because he prayed to God, God, if this is for real, this is really you, yeah. then do this. Yeah. And God sent the most strangest thing to answer his prayer. Yeah. So the point I'm making is that 
You could pray in secret, and God hear loudly. Oh and man! He sent this young man. Yeah. Cause he wasn't nobody there but him and God. Right. You know, and it's as if God said, "I'm listening." Right up. Are you listening? Uh huh. And I think that's important because God is always listening. Yeah. Are we listening? Yeah. Because He asked God. He said, "Lord, if this is really you, give me an example." <laughs> and see, the thing I love about God is that He's not afraid to tell you or let you know it's me. You know what I'm saying? Because so yeah. often we put fleece before God, and when God answers, and I mean fleece just like uh, uh, Gideon, yeah. God, okay, this is easy, but let me give you something hard. <laughs> if that wasn't hard to get this unbeliever to say, you should be a preacher. I don't get it, if you really think about it. Right. Somebody who don't believe in God and yet speaking what God wants them to say. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting because, you know, so often we pray things and privately. And God revealed them openly. And I think that's what he did to this young man. He, he was just praying by himself. What impressed me the most about that story, besides that, which that was probably the key, you know, key thing, is, is God used somebody, you know, God used a donkey with, yeah, yeah. You know, with Balaam. I mean, right? Yeah, that's I mean, your head. That's yeah, I mean, that's it. Dude, God starts speaking to me through a donkey. I'm going to pay attention, you would think. I was literally just thinking about it. Right? I mean, of course, some, of course, some people, of course, some people have called me a donkey, but that's a whole nother thing. But, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, God uses whatever God wants to use to get his, to get his point across is the point. So, but what I love about that story beyond that, which I think is awesome, is, is the very next day he did what? You remember? Bible school. Yeah. yeah. He signed up. Yeah. And I think it was interesting because he said that God spoke to him and, and said to him, why are you still here? Why are you still here? And then the next thing you know is this man tells him, you know, I know what, yeah, I know what you need to be doing. God, he didn't, I don't think he said God spoke to me. I don't remember it necessarily, but, but he said, he didn't, I don't think he said that. I think he just said, you know, I just got this overwhelming thing that you need to be a preacher, man. And he mowed the lawn. He was trying to get it out. Yeah, he was trying to get it out of his head. And he mowed the lawn. I love, man. That's such a great story. Really. So, so we ask the question, how does God speak? How does God speak to us? Now, I believe with all my heart, I believe this with all my heart, that God speaks first and foremost, primarily, initially, in almost every way through what? His Word. His Word. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason He does that is because that's who Jesus is. The Bible tells us that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, glory as to the only begotten Son of the Father. So, so this full of grace and truth, which is just a great, great, uh, how he put those words together the way he did, just, just so incredible to me. Every time I, I think about chapter one of John. But, and, but anyhow, the, the, when God speaks, he speaks first, I believe, first and foremost through his word. And here's what's really interesting. In all these other forms, whether it's dreaming, whether it's uh, uh, impressions that God gives us, whether it's the Holy Spirit himself speaking to us, uh, which, by the way, I believe is another, I, I believe that's the second most powerful thing that God does is he, he gives us his word and he, he speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. I want to look at a couple of verses here in a minute I, I think are really awesome. But, uh, in fact, do me a favor. Somebody turn to uh, first, uh, 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 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. And someone else turn to... Uh, um, Romans 8, 26, 27. Romans 8, 26, 27. Someone else turned to 2 Timothy. When you get there, just let me know. Romans 8? Romans 8, 26, and 27. And uh, 2 Timothy uh, 3, 16. Also, if somebody else could get Psalm 146, 1 and 2, that'd be great too. Um, so, I don't believe that God ever speaks to us in a way that contradicts his word. You hear that? God does not speak to... But if you, if you hear something and that's contradictory to the word of God, it ain't God. Yeah. Just, just, that's pretty... I think I can say that without any hesitation. If you hear a word and that word is not congruent with the word of God, that's not a word from God. Just, just I'm just telling you. It's 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 a big big deal. All right, so who's got Timothy? 
60. Yeah. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof of correction, for instruction in righteousness. All, not some, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, everything that these guys wrote, it was because God told them to write. It was like God spoke to them. And he said, that's why if, when you read the prophets especially, it says what all the time? Thus, Thus saith the what? Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. You know, the Lord spoke to me and said, right? You hear that? Isaiah's famous. That's one of his famous men. The Lord spoke to me and said. The Lord spoke to me and said. Jeremiah, you see that? The Lord spoke to me and said. And what I think is neat about that particular expression, the Lord spoke to me and said. Why does he have, why would he say the Lord spoke to me and said? Because this is what he said. This is what he said. That's exactly right. In other words, no, he didn't just speak to me like I was thinking about it. No, no, he, he literally spoke to me and said this. You, you, do you understand where I'm coming from? That's, that's important. So all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable, profitable, good word. It is profitable for correction and reproof. And that, that here's why. So that the man of God might be thoroughly furnished in all good works. That's why. That's, that's what 2 Timothy chapter 3 says. This really interesting section of scripture. Love it. And it's one of the last things that Paul tells Timothy. It's one of the last things Paul tells Timothy. It's his second uh, uh, letter to, to Timothy, written while Paul uh, was just about ready to get himself killed. And uh, that was like the last, one of the last things he said to Timothy was, hey, Timothy, remember, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Literally, that inspiration of God means breathe. God breathed or breathed by God. Spoken by God. That's that's the idea behind it. All right, who's got uh, who's got Romans? Yeah. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So the key of this whole entire thing is that the Spirit is always at work in you. The Spirit is always at work in you. But the Bible also tells us, quench not the Spirit, right? Well, why does it say quench not the Spirit if the Spirit is always at work in you? Because we turn away. Because you can. You can. You turn away. I mean, you can. You can. You can. Stop listening. By the way, just because you stop listening, kind of like in the Paul Don thing, just because you just because you stop listening doesn't mean that he stops talking. Right? I mean, Paul just kept on going. It's like I don't care if you didn't listen to me. I'm going to keep on talking to him. You know, and and that's just that's good, right? I'm just stupid. No, no, no. That's God, man. That's what God does. That's what God does. God just keeps on talking. He just keeps on talking. That's the beauty of it. He just keeps on talking. Who's got Psalm 146? Anybody look at that? Go ahead, Keith. This is um, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Three as well. I keep on going. That sounds great. I, I only wrote down two, but I'm, I'm thinking there's got to be more to it there. Do not put your trust in princes and mortal men who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Yeah, that's it. That, that, was, that was actually the verse I was trying to get to. Uh, that's 146, 146, one through three. I'm sorry, I said one and two. Or three, four. Okay, one, two, three, four. I, Praise ye the Lord. You know, what he's saying is, 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 is I'm putting this above everything else because if I put my confidence in him, it's not like putting a com my confidence in someone who's mortal. Right? I mean, that's what he's saying, Keith, right? I mean, I'm not putting my trust in something that's mortal. I'm putting my, my trust in something that don't ever go away, don't ever change. Yeah. Don't ever make, you know, any, any distinction about the fact that God is eternal, that his, his word is eternal, that his things are eternal. So I love that. And so that's, the, that's another way that God speaks to us. So he speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through his spirit, but he also speaks through us 
This is really interesting. He speaks to us through our worship. Um, I got saved listening to a to a worship song. That's how I got saved. That's how I came to that's how I came to Christ. And 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 I think I shared that last week. But but at the end of the day, God wants us to worship Him, which is really interesting because there is something precious about worship. There really is. There's something very special about worship, and. I think worship is much more important to us than it is to God. Sure. Do you understand that? Mm-hmm. I think people mix that up. We think, oh, this is something God's looking for. God doesn't care if you... I, I, I'm sorry. I, God doesn't care if you... If you, if you if, 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 I shouldn't say it that way. I don't mean it that way. I, I, that's coming out wrong. Uh, he doesn't need it. We need God it. needs it. Yeah, that's right. God does not need worship. That, that's what I was... Yeah, we need it. And so what Paul is saying, what Paul is saying there in Romans to the to the point of that verse in Romans, is he's saying, look, there are going to be moments in worship where it is so good, it is so powerful that you're not even going to know what to say, but that's okay because the Spirit of God will say it for you. That's okay. He bears, it says that he bears our infirmities. What's our infirmities? What's our weakness, right? He bears our weakness. Yeah. Um, um, I have to get a testimony. Go for it, Bubba. That's why we're here. (laughs) (laughs) I had to receive. So uh, many of you probably know I got fired recently. I don't know if y'all were here when I mentioned that. So I had, uh, the day before that happened, a guy I work with said he was going to call a meeting and really call the owner out on the carpet. And I said, well, don't invite me to that meeting because I, I, I don't want to say what I have to say because I'll get fired. And, and not that I would say it mean or anything. It's just, it's just so atrocious. This guy's so blind. There's no other way. I've tried every other way graciously to explain to him throughout the time I was there. And he didn't hear one word. So I knew that the only way I was going to be able to say it was in a very direct way. And I said, so don't, don't invite me. I don't want to be in the meeting. So and I prayed that night to God. I said, please don't let me be in that meeting. Please don't let me be in that meeting. And uh, that morning came, and I, I heard him in the meeting. And I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for not putting me in that meeting. That must mean that you don't want me to lose my job. I know you want me to move from this place. I knew you wanted me to move from this place, but I, I was actively looking for a job, and I didn't have one yet. So I was like, thank God you're not going to cause me to be unemployed, or I'm not going to be unemployed. And just then my phone rang, and they asked me to join the meeting. <laughs> I was like, Lord. And I ran into the corner of my office. <laughs> I put my face on the floor. That's, that's just, it's a thing with me. I, I'm a prideful person, and I need to submit physically all the time in order for God to speak to me. So I put my head on the floor and I said, Lord, I thought you weren't going to make me do this. And I said, but you know what? I'm going to go in there and if you want me to speak, I'll speak. But you got to give me the right words and I trust you, Lord. Whatever it is, I trust you. And I got up and I went in the meeting. And as soon as I walked in the meeting, the owner said, said, oh, we got to fire so-and-so. And, I was like, and the Lord just said, relationship management. That's the nicest word you can use. Relationship management. That's not my words. I would have used much stronger words. Mm-hmm. Relationship management. 
And I, I, I firmly believe the Lord knew all, you know, he knows, he knows all the way through what was going to happen. So he comes to me 10 minutes into the meeting. What do you think? Oh, and I, you know, that feeling that it's more than a nudge. It's like you're on the edge of a cliff being held by your shoulders feeling like I, if I don't, I have to, I have to just let go. I have to do it. I can't not do it. I don't want to even know what could happen if I don't do what he's telling me to do. So I, I just said relationship management. And he looked at me and said, what do you mean by that? I said, well, I gave him an example. And then he raised his voice. He said, do you have any other examples? You know, he got really uh, loud. And I said, well, I, I do, I have a lot actually. And uh, so I gave him another example. And after I gave the second example, he started cursing at me at the top of his lungs. I mean, screaming, yelling, cursing, and, and belittling me in front of the other people in the group. And uh, asked me for some more. When I, and I, 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 I refused. I said, I'm not, this is a fruitless, my words exactly were, this is fruitless at this point. You're not hearing what I'm saying. So it's fruitless for me to give you any further examples. And the meeting ended as he cursed me some more. I went back to my office and I was shaking. I was like, oh Lord, man, holy smokes. Mm -hmm. An hour later, he calls me in the conference room and uh, tells me from the other side of the conference room, uh, I just don't need you anymore, go home. So I left. And uh, I went a week and a half unemployed. I tapped into all my past resources and uh, through another owner that I worked with many years back and help, helped him uh, save his company from bankruptcy, I got a referral that was so off the charts. I went into an interview at a company in Fort Pierce and the guy just said, "This is." he, he said, I have to tell you, I don't, I probably shouldn't, but I have to tell you. I've never heard a recommendation about anybody as high as I got a recommendation from your friend Andy. And when can you start? And then we, we negotiated a, an employment agreement and what this guy wants me to do, uh, sparing details, is, is exactly what I've been doing for the last 15 years, but I, but I didn't voluntarily do it. I just, God has just been putting me in position to position to position. It is the absolute perfect job for me. Mm. Perfect job. And this guy had just decided just that week that he can't take it anymore trying to do all these things. It's one of those classic, you know, small business grows, 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 grows. The owner's trying to do everything and then he just falls on his face. He has no numbers. He's just finances are, but everything's a mess. And he finally throws in the towels of, I need someone who knows what they're doing to come in on the finance side. And the timing, and I, I there's so much more confirmation and everything I could go on, but I, I don't want to take up too much time. But I just, I want to say that when we are obedient, it, you know, God doesn't ask us to do something. He wants to build our confidence in him. Yeah. Because when he builds your confidence, that it's all about relationship. But when you build your confidence, when you build your confidence, the relationship grows, and you go to him more and more about every little thing, and it just—it's such a snowball, amazing experience. Uh, and I just—I just have to give him glory because. Um, so I think this if is. I wouldn't have obeyed right then. Yeah. And I've never been fired. I'm not a guy who gets fired. Okay, I'm just not. Oh, I've been. Guy. I've been fired. It's a beautiful song. Okay, I know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a guy who gets fired. Um, I've never been fired, and this was a very extreme situation. Mm -hmm. And he needed me out of there right now to put me at this company. That great. You know, the thing that's really neat is is. <clears throat> that is a perfect example of of one of the things he talks about in the book, and that is that God works through circumstance, right? God speaks to us through circumstance. God speaks to us through impressions. God speaks to us through, um, uh, I'm trying to think of another, uh, things that have happened to us in the past, oftentimes God will speak to us about 
past experiences. So you, you need to learn from past experience. One of the problems we have with most of us is, I, I know I'm first in line in this area, is I have a past experience and I go, oh, I'm forgetting about that. <laughs> I don't even want to think about that anymore. And I, and, and, and I can't tell you how many times we'll, we'll experience something and then we'll just sort of shove it to the side. Maybe it's because it's just too painful or whatever. Uh, I have to tell you, years ago, I was so frustrated by the fact that I had gotten fired when I was younger. I actually got fired three times, three different times. And uh, the truth of the matter is, is that later on I found out that it's a hazard of the job that I had, but that's a whole nother issue, okay? But I wanted to just shove those things away. And then one day someone started asking me about it. it was a guy was doing a story and, and, he's, and he was asking me about that experience. And I said, oh man, I'll tell you what, it's amazing. Every time I've gotten fired, I've gotten fired up. And he said, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, it's like, I'm in this position, I get fired, and I end up getting to a better position. I get fired up. And then I go and I'm working in this, and then I get fired from that, and then I get fired up. And, and, he, and he thought that was hysterical, and, he, and the whole article was called Fired Up. That's, you know, so, so the, but the point is, is that, that if you look at, you can look at any experience, I don't care what the experience is, and you can ignore it, or you can learn from it. You can let God speak to you through it, or you can allow God not to speak through you. It's, it's amazing how much God allows us to impact that. It's really amazing. I, I mean, always said no. I mean, I, oh, it's great. I, I would still be in Well, look, the bottom line here is that there's, there's one basic thing that Jesus said to his apostles pretty much over and over and over. Anybody know what that was? Two words. Fear not. Have faith. Follow me. Fear not. Follow me. Follow me. Remember when we were talking to the rich young ruler? He says, sell all you got. And what? And follow me. Remember when he said, deny yourself and take up your cross? And what? And follow me. Right? Uh, you know, it's, it's fascinating to me um, how many times we miss this? When he when he called out Matthew, also called Levi, when he called out Matthew, Matthew was a tax collector. He said to Matthew, Matthew sitting there counting his shekels. That's what he was doing, literally. He was counting his money. He was trying to figure out what he was going to do. He was going. He was working on his next, you know, collection, which was an interesting period of time, you know. Tax collector, they got to they got to keep a certain part of the proceeds. They just sort of made up their own mind as to what that was, and that was the way tax collectors worked. They were not people that were scrupulous for the most part. Jesus comes to this guy who's a tax collector, and he says to him two words. What did he say? Follow me. And what does it say Matthew did? This is really interesting. And by the way, not just in the book of Matthew, it says it says in Mark, it says it in Luke, it says it all three places. What did he say? He got. He says he arose and he followed the Lord. God called out Philip. Philip's sitting there with his brother, and uh, he's hanging out. They're fixing their nets and getting ready to go out fishing and so forth. Jesus comes up to him. He says, "What? Follow me." What do they do? Says they drop their nets and they follow the Lord. Look, I mean, this is an intentional act. This whole idea of following. Yeah, here he is. Yeah, I mean, it's an intentional act. And, and so, it, all your, go ahead, John. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, cut you I off. I was going to say with all of our requests, guys, like to God, as, a, as people, I really think we tend to look at God's personality almost like a human, right? And part of that is limited resources. Like, God, if you will, can you just, you know, can you... Um, are you able to like little things like that? He's infinite. Like just to give you perspective, I was watching uh, some physics stuff. The sun has an equivalent of ten. It has the equivalent energy of ten billion hydro, hydrogen bombs per second. Per second, God spoke that thing into existence. Yeah, and that ain't even the and that ain't even the biggest. And what's really interesting, John, is is, is we now know that's not even the biggest star. I know. It's just wild. Like he is 
he's infinite. His resources are infinite. His ability is infinite. Yeah. So we're adopted sons of him. That is who, like, think about how much you care for the first with kids. Think about how much you love your children. It's a pale reflection of how much he loves us. Think about how limited you are. He's right. unlimited. Yeah. What were you so saying, like, John? I drop the nets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He will take care of you. A buddy of mine told me once, this is really good advice. He said, look, man, God's calling you to obey. And he's like, you don't worry about the outcome. He's like, when you're walking in faith and obeying God, you work at his responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, wow, that's powerful. That is. John. I just mentioned our son is a mediocre star. It's, as far as stars go, it's way down scale as far as power. power. Right. I mean, it's it's just incredible. I love in Psalm 19 where where it says, uh, "The heavens declare the glory of God." The heavens declare the glory of God, uh, and uh, and and the and the expanse of the world, His handiwork. Really? I mean, think about that. I mean, can you lift a finger? You know, it's really this. This is really interesting. So my my wife has gotten into into succulents. My wife's always been into plants, but she's into succulents now. She's into succulents. There is no more incredible plant than a succulent. I've now concluded after now having spent a little bit of time with my wife around her succulents. What, what am I saying? Let me, let me tell you a little mystery about a succulent. The only thing you can do to a succulent to kill it is do too much for it. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think about that? You, you, you take a piece of cactus, which is the classic form of succulent, and you water it like every day. <laughs> in about a day, it'll be dead. <laughs> Not a day, but in a week, it'll certainly be dead. I mean, it doesn't want you messing with it. It, it doesn't want you touching it, which, by the way, is why my life likes succulents. <laughs> she, has, she has concluded that she'd much rather watch God work than her work. Succulents, they're an incredible thing. They are, to me, a picture of what God's all about. If you just won't mess around, God will take care of it. God will take care of it. Anyhow, so this idea of that was totally off subject, by the way. That was that was free information for those of you that didn't know that. <laughs> Had nothing to do with what we're talking about today, but it's just going to grow. Jesus said it this way. He said, "My sheep hear my voice, and they what? Listen. Follow me." Jesus said, "You want to be a servant of God." This is in John chapter, I think, twelve. You want to be a servant of God. You got one. There's only one thing you have to do. You want to be a servant of God? Follow me. Incredible. Uh, just before he dies, Peter says to him, this is really incredible too, this one just sort of came to me. But just before he dies, Peter says to him, Lord, look, we know you're going through a lot. Remember, Jesus just come through the garden. He's, you know, he's sweating blood. You know, they see this. And go, Lord, whatever you need, man, we're, we're here for you. We're, we're, we're going to go with you. He says, man, where I'm going, you can't go. That's it. <laughs> right? Where you're going, or I'm going rather, uh, I can't go, but but I'm but I want you to I want you to realize there's going to come a day when you're going to need to what? Follow me. Uh, I think that's John 21, somewhere in there. I, I think I'm pretty sure that's John 21. And anyhow, the point is, Peter, you're going to follow me, and I don't want you to worry about. Who might betray me? Which is really what that was all about. He was, he was, he was saying, look, I, you know, Gordon, show me who's going to betray you. And he said, man, you don't have to worry about that. Just just follow me. Just, just, just follow me. You see, and that's what the problem is, is that we want, to be, we want to be all in charge. We want to be all up in God's face. And God's sitting, Jesus is sitting there going, cool as a cucumber. Dude, it's not a problem. Yeah, someone's going to betray me. You just follow me. You just you just listen to what, we, what we're supposed to. And that's what it's all about. It's about listening. And so how do you learn to listen? Because at the end of the day, I believe listening is a learned behavior. I don't believe it is something you're, you, you just, 
come into the world doing? And the reason I believe that is because the very first thing that my child ever said to me, ever said to me, she was 15 months old, 16 months old. She was 15 months old when we got her, but both of them were 15 months old. But I'll never forget this as long as I live. The first thing that, that Sydney ever actually said to, I don't remember if it was Sydney or Reagan, but I'm pretty sure it was Sydney. And, and one of the first things that Sydney ever said to me when I kind of was looking at her and, and I wanted to you know, hold her, she just went, no. Not in a not in a like bad way, not in an evil way. Just didn't matter what I was saying. No, that was like the first word she ever spoke. No, I don't know if y'all have ever had that. You know, most of us have children, right? You know, I mean, did, did the first word to come out of your 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 child's mouth? Yes, it's just too hard a word. I've decided. Yes is too hard a word. No is a much easier word. I, I just easy. Do you think about that? It's so much easier to say no. <laughs> but we need to say yes to God. Look, I told you to look at First Samuel chapter three, right? Let's look at First Samuel chapter three, because I believe First Samuel chapter three tells us volumes about how to listen, how to learn to listen. So go over to First Samuel chapter three. And as I told you last week, I got little sections of this squared off, and, and I, I wrote the word important in arrows, kind of right, you know, going up to the word important. Because there's some, a bunch of stuff in here that are really important. But the very beginning it says, now there's this boy Samuel, and I love the fact that it says it was his boy Samuel. It says his boy Samuel. Uh, in other words, he was young. You don't, you don't, you don't say that about someone who's mature, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, here's this, it says, now the boy, Samuel. And what I think is so cool about this, I think I shared this last week. It says, Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli. Now, how's that even possible? Eli was the high priest. This is a boy. Most likely, no more than a, you know, you know, a, a, a preteen. I wouldn't think any more than a preteen. And it says, he was ministering to the Lord before Eli. And that doesn't mean before in the sense before Eli did it. It was, it was more like, he's doing it in front of Eli. So Eli can, I can see, Eli can see what's going on. Okay? But a little bit later on in verse 7, it says, now Samuel did not know the Lord. All right, so Samuel is ministering to God before Eli, but it says that Samuel doesn't at this point know the Lord. What he's, what, if you go back to the original text, you, you actually find out that what he's talking about there is he did not know the Lord's voice. He didn't know the Lord's voice. It wasn't that he didn't know who God was. He was ministering. See, that's why I always bring that out when I, when I do first name. You, you can't miss verse 1. Everybody skips right over verse 1 like it, like it doesn't even exist. I, I can't even tell you how many times I've heard people preach on 1 Samuel and they'll just go right to verse 3, you know, which is the first time God says, you know, Samuel, Samuel. Well, he only says it once. He says Samuel. But you see, it's only because... Samuel, at that point, did not know what, voice, what, what the voice of God was. Didn't know God's voice. Didn't know it. He didn't have any idea who was speaking to him. Didn't know God's voice. Look, I had this exact experience myself. I had been a believer for approximately a month. I was up in Massachusetts where I, where I came to know the Lord, and I was convinced there were no Christians in Florida. <laughs> I know we laugh, but I really believe that. I had never met one prior to this, and so I, you know, at least I didn't think I did. And, and, and the fact of the matter was, I was like, I ain't going back there. All right, Elijah. I, I, there's no way I'm going back there. My mom's calling me up on the phone. Donald, you need to get home. Donald, you need to get home. Your grandmother does not want you in her house anymore. Uh-huh. No, 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 Mom. God wants me in Massachusetts. I know God wants me in Massachusetts. I was ministering before the Lord. I just didn't know the Lord. 
voice. Didn't know the Lord's voice. So I'm laying there in bed. I just had an argument with my mother about coming to Florida. Real Christian thing to do. And, you know, and my mom says something to me. It was so cool. She says, well, son, I, I, I suggest, and I'll never forget this. I suggest you pray about it. By the way, my mom at that moment was not a believer. She became a believer later. But she was not a believer. Kind of similar to the, to, the, to the story in the book, right? And so she says, you just ought to pray about it. So I did. I was laying in, the, in, my, in my grandma. I can visualize it just as like I was here, like it was happening right now. I, I was laying on, on the bed in my grandmother's house. I'm looking at, you know, at the ceiling kind of, and, and it was kind of interesting kind of lighting in there. And, and, and I said, God, I just need to know what to do. I just need to know. I want to know what to do. I just feel like I, you know, I, I, I feel contradiction because I feel like my mom is telling me to do one thing. And yet I just believe that this is where you got, you placed me for a reason. And in that moment, the voice of the Lord spoke to me and said, go to Florida. Just as, just as, as clearly as I'm speaking it to you right now. And it was a voice I'd never heard ever before. And the voice of God just spoke to me, literally, verbally, out loud. It's never happened to me since probably may or may not ever happen again i have no idea nor nor am i upset one way or the other if god spoke to me that way again and he needed to do that i'm good with it but at that moment he said you do that that changed my life because just like he said in the book the next day he signed up for bible college I woke up that next morning. I called my uncle who worked at Eastern Airlines. My whole family worked at Eastern Airlines. And so I called my, my uncle who worked at Eastern Airlines. And I said, Uncle Lenny, I need you to get me a ticket home. And he said, uh, I don't know if I can do that, but I'll work on it. And because uh, it was Christmas time. And uh, he said, uh, calls me, calls my grandmother back, gets me on the telephone and says, uh, you need to get your butt down here. You're leaving in an hour. Okay. Packed my gear, got my Uncle Buddy to take me down there. I don't know how we got down there quick enough to get to Logan Airport from Everett, but we did. Somehow we got there. It mm -hmm. usually takes 25 minutes. I don't know how we got there, and I was able to catch a flight that was leaving in an hour from the time he told me. Mm -hmm. Point of this whole entire story is God spoke, I listened. Could have spoken. I could have just ignored it. I could have just yelled, well, that's, that's, that's crazy. I mean, yeah. You know, that, that didn't mean anything. That wasn't true. I, I, I could have done that. And I think a lot of people would have. But that's how God shows me. So he came to Samuel and he says, Samuel. And Samuel says, Hineni, here am I. But he doesn't say it to God. He says to Eli. So Eli says to him, verse 4, he says, uh, and, I'm sorry, verse 5. And he says, and he ran to Eli and he says, here am I. You called me. And, but he said, I didn't call you, son. Lie down. Go back to sleep. So he went and he lay down. And then the Lord comes back again. He says, Samuel. I always thought that was kind of interesting because whenever my mother wanted to get my attention, she'd always call me Donald. <laughs> I'm sorry. I honestly don't remember her ever calling me anything but Donald because she always needed to get my attention. <laughs> but he says, Samuel. <laughs> so Samuel rose, goes to Eli, says, he named me. Here am I. By the way, whenever you read, here am I, in the Old Testament, that's, that's a really, really important thing. Hineni comes from heen, H-E-N. Heen means behold. Behold. That's, that's what it means. Hineni means behold, here am I. Or behold it as I, or whatever. It's the idea is, here am I. I'm ready. I'm, you know, that's what Isaiah said. When God said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you to this place. And just, who is going to, you know, who is going to go for me, he says to, to Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. And he says, he ain't here am I. I'll take me. I'm good. I'm ready. All right. So he says, here am I. Well, again, he says, I didn't call you, my son. I didn't call you. Go lay down. 
And then it says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. In other words, he didn't know his voice. Didn't know who he didn't understand that voice. And then he says, so the Lord says to Samuel again for a third time, and he arose and he went to Eli and he said, Hey, Nanny, for you called me. And Eli discerned that this boy was being called by God. And, Amuel, and so Eli says to Samuel, he says, go lie down. And it shall be, listen to this, it, it shall be. And, and it's interesting because in most Bibles it says if, but if you really look at the original text, it, it, it really says when. Because in, in, in Hebrew, there's really no differentiation between if and when. So, so the idea is really more when. It wasn't in the anticipation that he might not call him. It was in the anticipation that he was going to call him. So he says, he says effectively, when he calls you, I want you to say, listen to this, I want you to say what? Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now, what's interesting is, Eli has got a really kind of busted up relationship with God. He really does. He, he, he's, you're going to see ultimately if you get into Samuel that Samuel has to call him out. Basically, God says to Samuel, I need you to call him out. So, so Samuel's got a busted relationship with God, but, but, but Samuel's not an unbeliever. Samuel is basically, or excuse me, Eli is not an unbeliever. Sorry, I said that wrong. He's the head priest. Oh, yeah, he's the high priest. But you look at there were high priests that didn't believe. Okay, so, so, but Eli's not one of them. Eli really did believe God. He just, he just had a lot of things that were, con, that were conflicting. He had a lot of conflict. And uh, because the problem with being the high priest is it's not only a religious position, but it's a political one. So he had to deal with the politics of it all. Anyhow, the point is, he says, speak for your servant is listening. So Samuel goes back to the place. Oh, here's what's really neat. Where was the place the boy was sleeping? Did anybody know that? Go back to verse 2. It happened at that time. He was lying down in this place. And he says, he says, and the lamp of God had not yet. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. That's where he slept. This boy was totally comfortable with God. <laughs> Things of God. And God was very comfortable with him. Pretty obvious. He slept where the ark of God was. I'm thinking, there ain't no better place to sleep to sleep than where the ark of God is, but that's a whole other issue. But listen, he says, so, so then the Lord comes and stood and called. Now this is the fourth time. That's the fourth time. God's so patient. And he says, Samuel, Samuel. Says it twice. Just so he could hear that voice. And at that moment, Samuel knew that was God talking to him. At that moment, he said, speak, for your servant is listening. Listening is a learned behavior. Listening is something that we can, we can pay attention to. But, you know, when God spoke to Elijah, I want you to think about this. He spoke to Elijah. It says there was an earthquake, and then there was a fire, and then there was what? Still small voice. Still small voice. That's where God was. God was not in the earthquake. God was not in the fire. But he was in that still small voice. You've got to pay attention. So be still and wait for God to speak. Is really what it's saying. Be still. And that's what he said here. Go back and lay down. Be still. And know that I am God. That's, that's, that's what the Psalms say. Be still and know that I am God. So, so here, look, look what he says. He obeyed God when he told him what to do, though. Listen to what he did. It says, The Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which both, at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Again, this is a preteen boy. God is speaking to this pre-teenager and saying to him, Son, I'm giving you the message. I'm not telling it to Eli. I'm not telling it to somebody else. I'm telling it to you. I'm telling it to you. And I'm going to tell you a message that 
is so huge that everyone who hears it, their ears are going to like tingle, meaning that they don't get it. Like, what? Right? And so look what he says. He says, In that day I will carry out against Eli all that I have commanded concerning his house from the beginning to the end. For I... For I have told him that I am about to judge his house forever for the iniquity which it knew because his sons brought a curse on themselves and he did not rebuke them. See, he knew what to do. He had to rebuke his son. He knew that that was what he was supposed to do, but you see, he had a political problem. He couldn't, he couldn't do it because politically that, was a big, that would have been a big mistake in his mind. Well, what it ended up costing him was everything because he didn't do what God told him to do because God, evidently God had told him to do that. It was clearly. God told him to do that, but he, no, 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 I can't do that. God told you to do that. No, 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 I can't do that. So God puts you in a meeting. But here's the, here's the deal. So he says this is a little, little this, this young boy who's sleeping in with the ark of the Lord. That's how, that's how, how uh, just connected with God this kid was. So God says, look, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, this is where I want you to. So what, this is where it's amazing. So God tells him this is what's going to happen. So then Eli senses, so this, this is interesting because that's impression again. God's speaking to him through impression. God, God speaks to, to Samuel and says, Sam, or excuse me, to, to Eli and says to Eli, uh, go ask the boy what I spoke to him about. <laughs> so Eli says to the boy, he says, I want to know what the Lord spoke to you, but I can't tell you, man. I can't tell you. I'm sorry. I can't do that. You know, I, why? It's not because he, it was not because he was being disobedient. He was being respectful. He's like, I, I can't tell him what God just said to me because if he tells me, tell him what God says to me, it's going to destroy the man. I don't believe that Samuel was in fear of his own safety. I don't believe that Samuel was 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 freaking out not wanting to tell him because he thought it was untrue he just was he just didn't want to be the message bearer i'm just a 12 year old kid man i just you know, <laughs> what's going on I, you know, I can't do that but look at what he says it says that eli calls samuel and this is verse 16 eli calls samuel and says samuel my son and he said hinani and he said what is the word that was spoken to you. Please do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the words that he spoke to you. Now this is this kid's now in a quandary. Because he knows that what God spoke to him was, I'm basically taking Eli out. And so now he hears Eli saying to him, if you don't tell me what God said, that very thing that he said to you is, is going to happen, or excuse me, about me is going to happen to you. He didn't know it was about him, by the way. So Samuel told him what? Everything. Everything. All is actually what that, that's that's what the King James told him all. Told him everything. <laughs> and here's what I love about it. He told him all and hid what? Nothing. Nothing. Hid nothing. Why? Because this wasn't his message. It wasn't his message to hide. This was God's message. Now, here's the thing about learning how to hear, learning how to listen. Learning how to listen is to listen even though you may not like what you're hearing. Learning how to listen is just paying attention and listening and getting it all in and not, paying, and not making judgment over what you hear God say to you. It's incredible. So he says, he says so he told him everything. And then, this is great. And then Eli says, it is Jehovah. Amen. It is Jehovah. Let him do what seems good to him. I, I mean, at that moment, Eli must have just been busted. I can't even fathom what that must have felt like to know that God had called him out to a 12-year-old boy. Can I say one thing? Yeah, do it, man. You said something in the beginning of the class, and you just blessed me. I couldn't even hold myself. 
She just blessed me in a way that I didn't ever comprehend. Uh, you said, my sheep know my voice. Yeah. And when you think about Samuel, he was a lamb. Yeah, he was. Turned him into a sheep. Yeah. And the moment he obeyed God, he became a sheep mm. and no longer a lamb. See, because lamb doesn't know the shepherd's voice, but the sheep does. does. That's why mm. Jesus said, my sheep mm. know my voice. So the transition of us seeing Samuel from a lamb as a boy to a sheep because he obeyed, that's the maturity. And that's what that means. My sheep know my voice. And when you said that, I had to write that down in my journal because I'm like, wow, he's actually giving us a view. Mm-hmm. Or when a lamb becomes a sheep. Becomes becomes a sheep. A sheep. Yeah. Because Samuel obeyed. And he learned to obey the voice of God. From that point on, that's when we see the transition. When one hears God and one mature, because the maturity came in his obedience. That's the transition. And it was willful obedience. It was that's exactly right. When I, you said I wrote listen, I wrote that down because brother, I ain't never looked at it like that. <laughs> but I wrote that down because we see Samuel coming from a lamb to a sheep. Because when she learned the voice of God, he never <clears throat> ever went back to Eli. And here's what's really cool. The very next verse. Another one very few people ever talk about. Says this. And therefore. Samuel grew. Yes. Samuel grew. And Jehovah was with him. And his words, listen to this, his words did not fail. Amen. That is so good. Are you kidding me? It's so good. I mean, I mean, think about that. The Lord was with him. And, and his words did not fail because he listened to God. Amen. So look, here's the deal. And then and I love it at the end, it says, and the Lord appeared to him again and so forth. But, but here, here's the deal. We can learn to listen. Uh, because God is speaking. That's the point. God is speaking. Sometimes he's speaking through an unbelieving mom. Sometimes he's speaking through an unbelieving friend. Sometimes he's speaking through a, a, a person that's really close to you who has, who has the insight and the wisdom that God has given him to be able to deal with your situation. Sometimes God is speaking to you just right through his word. of like, like you open up the Bible and all of a sudden God is speaking to you right off the page. I can't tell you how many times God has spoken to me through 1 Samuel chapter 3. But God is speaking. And the Holy Spirit was given to every one of us special revelation. God has given us the Holy Spirit of God. That's a special revelation. That's something Daniel didn't have. That's something Samuel didn't have. That's something David didn't have. That's something Abraham didn't have. That's something only we have. Because we said to Jesus, I want to follow you. And when we said follow, when he said follow me, when you say yes, that's, he says, the Spirit of God comes and, and dwells, dwells upon you. And in Acts, when, he, when the Spirit of God came, it says that the Spirit of God came and in, in, imbued them with power. What? That word power there is uh, the word that we get dynamite from. So, look. I know that first thing out of City's mouth, or Reagan's Bible, one of them, I don't remember which, was no. So you either have to listen to God's question so that no is the correct answer, or you need to start saying yes to God. Either one works, by the way. You know, really. If no becomes the correct answer, that's okay. You know, it's easier to say no. God will phrase the question so that no is the right answer. It's so interesting. But we need to say yes when God speaks. And here's what's really good. And what will ultimately take place after that will be beyond you could ever even begin to imagine. When you read the story of Samuel, 
and what went on in his life and how he began to just walk with God and how he was called to call out David, for example, and, and how, well, first call David and then call David out as well. But, but, but the point is that, that God used Samuel in ways that Samuel would have never, ever even considered being used when he was a 12-year-old laying by that ark of God. And here's what's really cool. I believe Samuel is the picture of courage. He was courageous. You read it all through his story. He's just courageous. I don't know that he was fearless, but I do know that he was courageous in spite of his fear oftentimes, whatever. But I can tell you that God used him in ways that he never even said because he listened to God. So that's what this first thing is. First step in this whole process, listen to God. Well, God's God. persistent, persistent too. Yeah, he is. Uh, you know, and, 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 and by the way, I really believe that, that, that listening gives you the courage to maybe abandon what you want to do and, and do what God wants to do. Uh, I, I really believe it's listening that, that allows us to abandon what we did previously and, and really trust God that he is unfolding something in our lives that's 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 for his glory not for ours so there you go that's all i got um we went too long sorry uh but (laughs) next week we'll get into this uh, second chapter which is uh which is pretty cool too uh you know so uh yeah it just keeps on coming and it's like a it's like a roller coaster right just keeps on dropping all right, let's do it. Let's get out of here. Father, we just thank you for your word. We pray your blessing upon it. Uh, God, we, we are so thankful for all that you continue to do for us and through us. Uh, we thank you for Jesus, and we pray in his name. Amen.